Hey, everybody, it's Lydia here with True and Unpolished, the podcast that we may have to rename to be Mary's Peeps, because today is yet another edition of Mary's Peeps. We are talking to Jenny Jansen, who is a therapist who deals with a very, um, she works within a very specific framework called the adult chair. Uh, And it is a very, it's fascinating, first of all, but it's also like a super easy concept to grasp and relate to. So Mary and I are about to have a conversation with her. I can't wait for you to hear from her. She gives a way to get in touch with her at the end. So take a listen. Welcome to True and Unpolished, the podcast, a Cusp Culture production. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, inspire, and amuse. Let's get authentic. Okay, so Jenny, do you have a story for us to tell us about how you got involved in this thing, the adult chair? And I'll just full disclosure, I don't know about the adult chair, so I'm excited for you to tell me about it. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be here. You're welcome. Um, so I think my journey to finding the adult chair was kind of a rabbit hole. I've always been a very um, sensitive being, even as a child, I was very intuitive and very um, sensitive to everything around me and always felt like there was something like I was missing. Yeah. And so I've always gone on this journey of like, self-discovery and, you know, going to therapy and, you know, just joining different groups and learning about different things. And um, I stumbled across the concept of being a highly sensitive person. I was like, oh, well, maybe this is it. I'm like always looking for answers to like, you know, what's wrong with me, you know, kind of thing. And um, so I was in this Facebook group and somebody had mentioned the podcast of the adult chair. And it was just very much just organically, Mm-hmm. Um, placed in front of me, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started listening and then I never stopped. And uh, so um, that was in November of 2019. And she happened to be doing like a free month in her membership. So okay. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this for a month. That's cool. You know, there was like a journaling challenge. It just sounded so in line with what I was doing already at this time, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I'm a mental health counselor. Mm-hmm. And so um it just kind of fell in line and I was um, kind of weaving a lot of the tools I was learning from this membership group Mm -hmm. into what the work I was doing. And so I was seeing the difference it was making in my life and the difference that it was making in my clients' lives. Right. And it was just so, it was quick. And it was like, all of a sudden, like I'm having these aha moments and my clients are like, holy moly, Um, like within like a 45 to 50 minute session. And so, um, fast forward a few months, um, she came up with a coaching certification program Okay. and I was like, Hmm, like this is interesting. And, um, so I kind of just put it on the back burner for a little bit. Um, I plan on going to one of her workshops. She does workshops around the country. Um, and I was talking to her at one point, I think I had signed up to do just an interview just to get more information. She's like, you know, you're meant to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've seen the way that you've interacted in the, in the tribe, which is the membership. And, you know, just in talking to you, cause I did a couple of lives, like working with her one-on-one and she's like, you're meant to do this work. Yeah. And, and so, could you feel the truth of that? Like it was absolutely. Like, yeah. 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 It was um, appalling. 
I have a question. Um, what is the adult chair? Like, can you tell us a little bit more yeah. about what that in, in a, in a sort of simple way? Yeah. Like adult chair for dummies. Yes, I can do that. The abbreviated version. <laughs> awesome. So, so um, the, the one who organized the adult chair is Michelle Chalfont and she identifies it as a manual for healthy living. And so she takes grounded spirituality and simple psychology and kind of marries the two. And so it's very simple practices, um, a lot of um, engagement with mindfulness, body work, um, inner child. Um, so those are just some of the different tools that we use. Okay. But the concept of the adult chair is basically dividing up your life into three distinct parts. And so there's the child chair, the adolescent chair, and the adult chair. Mm -hmm. So the child chair is from zero to six. So in utero to the age of six, sure. which is of vulnerability, spontaneity, fun. Um, it's where we really absorb everything about the world. Mm -hmm. So imagine living your life with a roadmap that you basically developed between the ages of zero and six. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. And so um, it's also where um, our core needs and our emotions are. You know, like if you think about like a three-year-old in the grocery store, Mm -hmm. they're not going to care who's listening to them. If they want the cookies, they're going to scream for the cookies. Right, right. Sure. They don't have any discernment of anybody around them. Right. And so, but at around the age of seven, that's when the ego comes online. And that's kind of when we develop this idea of separateness. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, okay. You know, the child says, okay, this is everything I've learned. This is everything I've absorbed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Six years. Now, now it's your turn to take this and keep living kind of like a passing of the baton like child passes exactly. the baton to adolescent self says go for it yeah go for it you need, you're ready yeah. <laughs> nothing the, can go wrong there well, oh of course not <laughs> <laughs> so the ego is online at this point because this is where we develop our masks right we develop our defenses we become more impulsive this is where the seed of addiction is born um, because the adolescent's job is to keep the child safe, alive, and acceptable. Okay. So whatever it is, you know, if you're, if you need to fit in with somebody or something, it's like, well, I'm going to conform so that I'm acceptable. Sure. Or, you know, if dad is an alcoholic and comes home at night and is raging, I'm going to be small and shrink down so that I stay safe. Sure. You know, right. Um, from whatever's going on around me. Mm -hmm. So just, just a couple of examples here. And so we go through life with this roadmap based on all the things that we learned between the zero and six. Yep. And um, around the age of 25, which is when the prefrontal cortex comes online, um, if we've had healthy models growing up, um, which of course all of us have had healthy models growing of up. Of course, yeah. Um, ideal, the ideal situations, right? Mm -hmm. um, we slide seamlessly into our adult chair, mm. which is where there's a seat of consciousness. Oh, let me back up a second. So um, the adolescent lives in stories and assumptions. Okay. So there's always these, um, you know, when you um, find yourself making up stories about totally. what's happening, like, you know, they don't like me, therefore I suck. Or they, yeah. you know, it's like you make up all of these ideas about why things are the way they are. Well, I call it the, um, the prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. the prover mm -hmm. yes yes that's that's exactly it 
Yeah. And I can, so as you're saying this, like I literally, I'm like being bombarded with different stories that I had around this age, the stories that I had, like, I totally get it. I'm totally with you. So, so, so what in an ideal world, right? So when everything's perfect, we slide really just seamlessly at 25 into this adult chair. Mm -hmm. And, and, And so what happens if that isn't the case? That isn't the case. Then we live our life in the adolescent. Got it. You know, and it doesn't mean that you're never an adult. Like I was working with a woman who was in her sixties and she's like, so have I just been in my adolescent chair my entire life? But the thing about the adult chair is that we, we can have, you know, we can flip in and out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Situation by situation, interaction by interaction. Mm -hmm. If something triggers, you know, a childhood story or fear, we could revert, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So we can move in and out. Okay. Yes. And so the adult chair is where we live in fact and truth over story and assumption. Got it's it. where we're able to set boundaries. We can slow down. We're emotionally aware. Mm-hmm. We can kind of notice our triggers and respond to them rather than react. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course is not always ideal, but that's, that's the ideal when you're seated in your adult chair. And when you practice living in your adult chair, it becomes a lot easier to just do it, you know, right. with any practice, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And the more you're able to recognize your triggers and respond rather than react. Yeah. And so it would occur to me that like, you know, item number one, our first order of business is to recognize, oh, I'm in my adolescent chair right now. Like I'm, exactly. I'm in the seat of my adolescent and how do I move into my adult mm-hmm. self? from the adolescent self. And even in my experience, sometimes just that recognition can be enough to slide us over there to the adult chair. Exactly. And that's the thing is like you stop and it's like, I always kind of enmesh my fingers like, Mm -hmm. you know, like this, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm married to this idea. But as soon as I separate my hand, I can like, hold on, let me look at this situation as an observer Yep. Right. Perspective. You know, because that's what we do in the adult chair is we observe the situation rather than becoming engrossed with it and married to the ideas and the stories and assumptions. Right. So and that's where mindfulness it. comes in because we're, we're now watching. We're not, you know, the person. We are the observer of it. Yeah, exactly. I got it. And, and so, so from the seat of the adult, we can observe what's happening with our adolescent chair. We can take in the emotions and the needs of the child. Mm. And then from our adult, we make an informed decision. Right. About right. How we want to proceed. Right. Right. And then okay. it, so when, go ahead, Mayor. whenever you were just what I heard when you were describing um, moving from adult, I mean, adolescent to adult, what I heard was everybody. And I'm sure this probably isn't what you were saying, but what I heard was everybody moves out of their child chair into their adolescent chair. Mm -hmm. Some people have trouble moving out of their adolescent chair, but is it possible that we can get stuck in our child chair as well? Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. and primarily operate from that chair or Mm -hmm. is it typically the adolescent chair that we get stuck in? It can be either one. I think it depends on the situation and it depends on, um, because emotions typically will get stuck. And so part of the model is observing where is this emotion in my body? Where am I feeling this? What messages does this emotion have for me? Mm -hmm. Sometimes part of the work that we do is inner child work is we go back 
and rescue that part. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm six years old. It's like, okay, so where do you feel that? And let's go back and rescue this part of you that is stuck in time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say like, Hey, I'm X number of years old now. Like, and we make it. Yeah. And yeah. We really work with like trauma and different stuck beliefs, limiting beliefs, um, things like that. So as a facilitator, um, you would, you know, for example, someone would come to you with a specific, um, you know, trouble or a specific incident in their life that they're trying to work through and work from. And you as a facilitator help them to see which chair they're in at any given moment. Is that kind of your role as a facilitator? Yeah, that's part of it. Definitely. We use the adult chair as a framework. Mm -hmm. And so to like raise awareness about, oh, well, okay. Am I stuck in my child chair? Because like you were saying before, I can, I can flow. I was in a session one time with a client and I'm like, you just saw me jump from like child to adolescent to adult in like a split second. Cause I got really upset and I was like, I'm about to look, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so I I noticed, I noticed that I was getting upset because there was noise out in the hallway and there was stuff going on and I was like, I can't focus. And so I was getting frustrated. Right. And I almost like got up and opened the door and did something that I probably would have regretted. But then I was able to calm myself down mm-hmm. and say, okay, let me go outside and set a boundary instead. And let me say, hey, do you mind keeping the vo- your noise down because I'm having a hard time focusing in here? I right. appreciate it. Right. And not... So my understanding is that subconscious programming happens between zero and seven. Is that the same concept? That's the same kind of concept that you're talking about with that Mm -hmm. child chair. It's the subconscious programming. And so because it's subconscious and it's unconscious, the vast majority of the time, and I can't remember where I heard the statistic, but I heard the statistic that literally 90% of our lives until we really work with mindfulness and cultivate it and it becomes a way of being, we are really kind of just going on that subconscious programming because it's so ingrained and a part of us Mm -hmm. uh, until we begin to learn to really be present in a moment and then observe. And so a lot of our choices and our decisions. So, you know, if I come to you and I go, here's my problem, there's A, B, C, D going on in my life. We can kind of all trace it back to the fact that it was my subconscious programming, my child programming, or my adolescent programming that made these choices, not me. Yes. Right. Right. So from your adult, it's almost like separating yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like we do a lot of parts work as well and so it's like well what part of you parts I was work, working yeah. With, yeah I was working with a client who you know was having suicidal ideations and so I was like okay well what part of you is feeling that and yeah. then what does the adult version of you want to say to that part wow and so it's like separating themselves from those parts that may feel like this is just who I am or I've always had this right like, but what if a part was just a part Right. And not so did the, did the adolescent and child parts get to speak to the adult part? I mean, is it a dialogue sometimes or sometimes it is usually it's, um, it's one or the other. Um, sometimes more than one part will come up or like one part will lead to another part. And okay. so for example, with, in that case, you know, the adolescent's job is to stay alive, safe and acceptable, mm-hmm. but they're also very impulsive and may not realize you know, oh, well, this is not exactly what is healthy. Right. And so the child might be feeling scared. 
or might be feeling lonely or might be feeling sad. And so if you can relate to the emotion of what's going on in that situation, then you can kind of reason with the adolescent and say, you know what, I'm here now, I've got this. Mm -hmm. So have you found that, you know, if someone just kind of embraces this concept, if they can resonate with this concept, have you found that just asking the question, who's here now, like which one of you's here, which part's here, and where do you feel it in your body? You know, is that enough? Like just that question's kind of enough to drop them down into it? It depends because sometimes there can be a resistant part. Sure. And so depending on like, you know, we call it a gatekeeper. Uh, And so, you know, it's like, okay, well, if you can't access that emotion, well, I don't know where I'm feeling it. I'm like, well, is there a part of you that might know? And so mm. you just kind of keep asking these different questions to try to get deeper into the experience. And sometimes it takes a few sessions. It depends on, you know, how deep seated these beliefs are and how deep seated the emotion is or the experience. Sometimes if someone's experienced trauma and it could be something that where they like, that's behind a vault, right? Locked in a vault behind a door, you know, caged in and, and double dead bolted. Right. Right. And so you can, Oh, I'm, I'm, since you brought up trauma, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, people who have what was formerly called multiple personality disorder or disassociative identity disorder. And, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a, you know, that's a controversial diagnosis, but I'm, I'm kind of just wondering about that in, in this model are, I like what you're saying because it's simple. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's easy to understand because we all dissociate in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, or remove, you know, move out of our adult chair. So I, my, I guess my question is what, um, for people who have had trauma or, um, maybe developed more parts of their personality, not in a, not in a dissociative identity sort of way, but how, um, how does that work with this? Um, well, when you're working with trauma, a lot of times it, um, you have to be very careful, you know, to not relive the trauma. You know, sometimes there's a part that, you know, the part of you that was traumatized, you might go back to that place and say, okay, we're the adult. And, you know, I always show up with my, I'm like, I want you to imagine me there with you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going at this alone. Like you and I are united force. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes what happens is you kind of freeze frame mm-hmm. and say like, okay, what, what, what is your, this part of you need the traumatized part. And sometimes what you can do is even just move it out, you know, and the brain doesn't always recognize what is real and what is not in the moment. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can kind of reprogram that belief and say like, that's not who I am anymore. This is where I am you know, right. ending it on like a, oh, I was rescued or, you know, like, and changing the belief and really locking it in the body. Cause mm-hmm. just like with trauma, you know, the body keeps score that, you know, great book, um, where, whereas the brain doesn't always remember. Right. And so sometimes what you can do is reprogram the brain to think differently of the trauma and remind yourself like, Hey, we made it. Yeah. Right. You know? So like, do, do you have any tips for people um, who want to kind of access their adult chair and move into their adult chair. Yeah. You know, it sounds like a very complicated, I mean, 
even though I just said it was simple, it sounds also <laughs> like there's a lot, a lot of elements to it, a lot to learn about it. Um, mm -hmm. If somebody was inspired, but do you have any like Resources. Yeah, like quick and easy tips. Um, well, the woman, the Michelle Chalfon, she has a podcast um, called The Adult Chair. And then also um, there's a closed Facebook group where a lot of people will um, connect and just speak the language yeah. and say, um, and I think when you get the language is so simple to pick up on that, you know, using it in everyday conversation. I think a big thing about um, being in your adult chair is just living consciously. Right. Sure. And so when you think about, am I setting appropriate boundaries or noticing your body and noticing when you're triggered and say, okay, how do I want to show up right. in this place? Like, am I being reactive? Mm -hmm. You know, and just knowing kind of the general characteristics of each chair. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking. If you practicing if you awareness, it. like, yeah, like, Ooh, I'm being impulsive right now. Or I feel like I'm being reactive. And maybe I shouldn't send that text message. Yeah. Or, yeah. or I'm shrinking myself down or I'm isolating because mm -hmm, I yeah. feel unsafe or I feel scared for some reason, which could also be stemming from the child chair. The emotion is in the child chair, but the behavior of isolating is in the adolescent. Yeah. Cause it's the adolescent's job to protect. So exactly. Yeah, right. So kind of even just knowing the characteristics of each chair can be really helpful. So is Absolutely. there a place where people can find you and your work like you specifically? Mm -hmm. Yes. So my website is trueconsciousliving.com. Um, and you can, and you can book sessions with me from that website. Um, there's a book me session. I'm also conscious living LLC on Facebook. Okay. And, so I'm going to uh, say this slowly again. True. Sure. Say, the, say the website one more time. Trueconsciousliving.com. Okay. And you can book directly sessions with you through that mm -hmm. website. And then on yes. Facebook, how do they find you? Um, I'm at true conscious living at true both, conscious living, both on Instagram and Facebook, Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Jenny, we could talk about this more and more. And I, first of all, it has been my pleasure to meet you and yes, it's been nice to meet you I've too. so much about you. Um, Mary's peeps, you know, uh, it's amazing. You people. It's, it's an honor to be one of Mary's peeps. I know. Do you love that? You're one She's of taught people? me a lot of what I know really helped me on my springboard. I really oh, think thank you. like mm -hmm. create a t-shirt that says I'm one of Mary's peeps. Like, Oh my gosh. It would go viral. Hashtag I'm, I'm Mary's peep. I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. Right. And have a little peep on the back or something. Ooh, have a peep. Yes. Jenny, you're amazing. You're genius. <laughs> well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you all for listening. We are just amazed at the listening audience. We are looking and seeing that people all around the country and even outside of the country are listening and we are very, very grateful. So keep listening, uh, hang with us. We're so honored that you're here. You have been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next.